Adam Mortgage Brokering, episode 115. Where the best mortgage brokers get better. I love mortgage brokering with your host, Scott Peckford. Hey, Broker Nation. Scott Peckford here from I Love Mortgage Brokering. Today on the show, I have Renee Stribble. She's been a broker for 13 years. She's part of the Axiom Mortgage Network based out of Alberta. We talk about a lot of things, but one in particular that I think is useful for brokers to think about, she shares how she once wrote a check for a client because she put them in the wrong mortgage and then sort of the fallout from that and what she learned and how many mortgages she ended up writing for that family for years to come. And I think it's a very valuable lesson that we as brokers should stand by our advice. And so this episode is sponsored by the career section of the I Love Mortgage Brokering site. The career section of the I Love Mortgage Brokering allows brokers who are trying to decide where they're hanging their license to connect with brokerages that are hiring. Think of it like a dating service for brokers and owners. If you're a broker looking at options, go to the site, put in your postal code, and you'll get a list of brokerages that are recruiting in your area. You can compare things like company size, do they have office space, which lenders they have status with, etc. Check out ilovemortgagebrokering.com slash careers to find your perfect match and check out this interview with Renee. I think you're going to love it. Hey, Renee, welcome to the show. Hello. So how did you get into the mortgage business? Uh, well, I actually started in the banks. So I worked for two different banks for about six years doing a variety of things. I was an assistant to financial advisors, and then I went into personal banking and uh, was actually going to be a branch manager. That was the plan. And things kind of went a little bit sideways, and I decided to leave the bank. And I loved lending, loved mortgages. I love the numbers. So I thought, you know what, why don't I give it a shot? And at that time, uh, Home Loans Canada was pretty big with the bank. And, and so I decided to go there. And I remember having a conversation with somebody that I really trusted and respected. And she said, I was worried because I was going to be self-employed, not having a steady income. I was 23 years old. And she said, are you worried you're ever going to have a job? And I said, no. I said, then take the risk. Mm -hmm. So that was 13 years ago. And I remember my first year, I made about $8,000. And <laughs> so what that wasn't awesome. That was not awesome. I, I, you know, I look back at it now and, and it was really, really tough. And I, I don't know why I stayed because I had job offers. I had the ability to go back and I, I had, I, I got offered a branch manager position. And for some reason, I just said, no, you know, I got to give this a shot. And I was broker than broke, but I loved it. Mm -hmm. And I wanted to continue. So I just kind of put my head down and kept working and grateful that I did today. <laughs> right. So yeah. at what point, when did it turn for you? So where, was there a point where you're like, hey, I, I got this. I think this is, uh, I think it's going to be okay. You know, I was probably about eight months into it. And I was, you know, pounding the pavement. I was going to the real estate offices. Uh, I mean, in 13 years ago, it was a lot different than it is now. Facebook and stuff like that wasn't around. I mean, you just went and knocked on doors. And so... I just kept pounding the pavement and I was struggling. I mean, I wanted to give up. I really did because I was getting a bit depressed. <laughs> mm -hmm. And then uh, I don't know what happened. And just one day, I just that pounding the pavement, that consistency, I built up some relations, the phone started to ring. And I started to get the business and I realized, you know what? Yeah, I do know what I'm doing. I can do this. And then the second year, my income skyrocketed compared from the first year. And I just, I knew that this is what I wanted to do. Mm -hmm. Can you say what it, what that second year looked like? Well, my first year, I made about 8,000. My second year, I made about 60. Right. That is skyrocketing. Yeah, that is skyrocketing. So it's just, it seemed like everything fell into place. There was that trust factor that was built up with the people that I worked with and the referrals started coming in and, and it was fun. Mm -hmm. It was, it was really fun. And so would you think back to those days, was there any one thing in particular that kind of helped you make the turn or was it just a whole bunch of little things? 
you know, it was a whole bunch of little things, but I think I was consistent and I, I kept going out there and, and, you know, I built some really good relationships and I let myself be myself. Cause I think that, that in this business, people buy us mm-hmm. and I'm a goofy kind of relaxed person. I'm not, you know, suit and tie type person. And, and I, I just let myself be myself and developed good relationships with the people that were going to refer me. And I was going to small town, Alberta. So there was a big stigma around brokers. Like we were not 13 years ago, mortgage brokers were not a recognized source for mortgage business unless your bank said no. And then you throw the fact in that you go to a small town Mm -hmm. where they've never even heard of a mortgage broker. Right. I just overcome that. So it was really just a lot about being myself, building the confidence and knowing that I actually can get the job done and then hanging out, getting to know the people that I'm going to be getting business from. Mm-hmm. And then actually delivering. <laughs> right. So, yes. You got to still yeah. be able to do the work. I mean, it's one thing exactly. to find it, but then if you can't do it, then that's a, that's a problem. Yeah. Okay. So before we dive into your story, I always like to ask about a success quote that's had an impact on your life or business. I personally love quotes, have them all over the walls in our office and <laughs> they're portable, memorable. Do you have one that's really had an impact on you? Can you share it? Yeah. Well, you know, it's, I was thinking about that and I will preface this by saying that I have a five-year-old. Mm-hmm. So we watched a movie called Kung Fu Panda. Love that movie. A lot. I love that movie. And the best quote in there is like my mantra for my entire life is yesterday is history. Tomorrow's a mystery, but today is a gift. That is why we call it the present. Right. And it's become my mantra. It, it was something that I kind of lived with before, but I never really had a quote. And then I heard that quote and it's kind of plastered everywhere for me because it, it really is. Today is a gift. I'm grateful today that I have this career, I have the life that I have, and I better give it my all. So, mm-hmm. you know, and if I made mistakes in the past, then I get to learn from them, but I don't need to let it guide my future. Right. So That's awesome. So actually, before I ask, I want to ask more about that quote, but in that movie, maybe if you don't have kids, the reference is going to be lost on you. But I was <laughs> thinking you're going to tell me there is no secret ingredient, you know, the Ah, yeah, right? Like, yeah. and I, I think even in mortgage brokering, so if you haven't seen the show in it, there's this special scroll and you it gives you powers and then when he finally gets it and it's I'm going to ruin it for you, but there's nothing on it. And the guy says there is no secret. And it's just it's you basically and the same thing with his. Yep. So there is no secret to being a successful broker. It's just you you have to show up and I, I love that whole and Jack Black is hilarious. Just, like he's just I know. so funny. But um, anyways, we could go on a we could do a whole show just on, <laughs> on kids movies. And how awesome they are and how like just the life lessons that you get from them. And uh, so this particular one, though, so how do you remind yourself of that? Because it's easy to say, okay, yeah, yesterday's the present, be grateful. But can you share an example of a time when, you know, that you were like kind of that this helped recenter you because you were probably like, oh, I'm getting you because it's easy to get off track in our business and stressed out. And yeah, being in the business as long as I have, I've had things fall apart. So deals of falling apart or, you know, a situation is, is super stressful for a client and, you know, we're last minute or, or I've made a mistake and I've had to fix it. It's, I'm trying to think of a specific one, but I, I can't think, I know that I've had one where. Okay. I have a specific question. Maybe that'll help. Have you, if 13 years, I know this is true for me, but have you ever had, let's say lost a realtor relationship was really good and then not, no longer there. Has that ever happened to you? Oh no, I definitely have that. I've had that and it. I had an in-house in a uh, real estate office out in Fort Saskatchewan for a number of years and uh, built up a really, really good relationship. And then I left the brokerage, mortgage brokerage I was with and went to where I am now. Mm-hmm. And when I left, I lost that in-house. So I, I left the office and I, I was hit with a decline in, in, in referrals from there. 
But part of that was me expecting or having the the expectation that they were that nothing would change, that I wouldn't have to work the business. I've already earned their business. I should just keep getting it. I wouldn't have to go visit them every day or every week or things like that. So I just kind of took it for granted that the business would still come. Mm-hmm. And it did for a while. And then it started to taper off. And then and then I got busier and, you know, I, I had a little, I got pregnant, you know, so all that kind of stuff, my personal life changed quite a bit. And so I wasn't going out there and asking for the business as much. And then the phone stopped ringing mm-hmm. from them because there was other brokers, because there was another broker that went in on an in-house and they started building that relationship and stuff like that. So, so my ego probably took over and basically said, you know, I'm that I'm good enough. They'll just keep using me. But you know what? There's a lot of good mortgage brokers out there that wanted to work a little bit harder to get the business. So they got it and I lost it. Right. So I, one thing I've noticed talking to successful mortgage brokers is that failure happens. It's never final or fatal, but there's always a lesson looking back. Can you think of a time of something that uh, maybe didn't work with the way you want and then the lesson that you learned in it? I, I've been trying to sit here and think about it and I, I don't have anything specific, but I know I mean, when I was first starting out, I made a lot of mistakes and some of them cost me money. So putting a client into a mortgage that I didn't fully understand uh, and then they were charged a penalty and I had to cut a check for a decent amount of money. And, you know, I guess the biggest thing that I've ever learned is I'm going to screw up a lot. I still do, but I can, but they're fixable. It's fixable. So as long as I, I have the ability to fix the mistake and be honest with the client. Like I, I have those difficult conversations and they, they come up, whether it's a mistake that I made or if it's something that the lender comes back and they've, they've changed their mind because that happens too. I have this conversation with myself before I pick up the phone and I'm like, okay, Renee, let's rip the bandaid. Just do it. You got to talk about it. You don't want to, you don't want to let this go. And so I just pick up the phone and I have that difficult conversation. And usually I have a solution at the same time to say, okay, this is what's happened here's our solution, let's get it fixed. And then we work through the frustration and stuff like that with the client. But I think the biggest lesson I've ever learned is I'm going to make mistakes and I will continue to do it. But I need to do everything in my possible power to fix it. And every time I fix a mistake, I learn from it and I become a better broker. Mm-hmm. So you become very resourceful when you have to fix an error. <laughs> right, when you get pushed into it. Oh, that's actually, you bring up an interesting point. So you said that you wrote a check for putting someone in a mortgage that you didn't quite understand. So yep. I know that there are some brokers out there who think that's absolutely insane and they would never take that. I personally have done it. In fact, I actually once bought a house, which was, I probably should have just given them a deposit check. I bought the house to get somebody back their deposit money. And I feel like taking ownership of the situation keeps you still in control and actually ultimately preserves your reputation instead of just being because the typical bank situation is going to be not my problem, not my fault, not my department. And that's one of the areas that we can stand out is that we can stand behind, you know, our advice and being professional. I totally agree. I, I think that that's if, if I'm a mortgage professional and I stand behind what I do and I say to my clients, I am your mortgage broker. I am here to support you and give you good advice and good guidance. And if I make a mistake and I don't give that right guidance, then if I don't stand behind that and I don't try to rectify the situation to the best of my ability, then everything that I just told them isn't true. So I have to be that utmost professional from start to finish or 10 years down the road, because these clients for me are my clients for life. Mm -hmm. So and if and I believe in karma. So if I do right by the people that I'm with in my life, my clients, my friends, my family, if I do right by them, then it always comes back to me. So Mm -hmm. 
I never want to be able to have to not be able to sleep at night because I washed my hands of a situation, even though I know knew hundred percent that it was an error I made. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. I think, I think it's a, always a challenging thing for people to want to take ownership of a situation. And so with this one that you're thinking of where you wrote that check, so obviously you tried every other scenario. Now did the client end up still being your client or what, it, what was the kind of the result of that? Yeah, they were still my client. They still, I just financed another mortgage for them. So that was an error I made about 12 years ago. And I've done about six mortgages for them since. Um, and they've referred me many, many clients. So, right. and they won't go anywhere else. I think ultimately yeah. we have to remember we're in the long game, not the, you know, we're not the sell them and get them out, kick them out the door. Like if, uh, and if you think that way, you're going to generate clients and, you know, referrals and people, will, I, I just think that's a much better philosophy than just the transactional thinking. I completely agree. And it's an advantage that we can have as an, I think as an individual that you don't get as a corp, like a company rarely stands behind a problem that an employee makes or just like, sorry, you didn't read your contract. Like it's not our problem, right? Like you signed it. Like, so they just dump it right back on the customer and not take ownership of the fact that, cause we're giving, not, we're not just getting mortgages. In my opinion, we also give advice. Like mm-hmm. otherwise they might as well just replace us with a machine if we're not giving advice. And then, but that advice means that we have to stand behind it if we have screwed up. Yes. Anyway, I'm, you, you kind of just tweak something in me there. So the one thing I also talking to successful mortgage brokers, I've noticed that they have systems and processes. They don't just show up and hope for the best. Can you share a mm-hmm. specific administrative process that maybe wasn't working as well as you'd like and a tweak that you made and the outcome that you got? Well, you know, when I first uh, started out, I kind of flew by the seat of my pants. You know, I just... I didn't really have a script. I didn't really have kind of a, a system in place where every every client experience wasn't the same. Like, and I think that was part of me learning because you know I came from a bank where you had one set of products and one set of policies, and that's the way it was. And you open up the door to thirty lenders with all these different policies. So I think when I first started out, I was a little bit lost, and I learned my processes as I went along. Mm-hmm. That's where mistakes happen because I missed things. I didn't answer that question, or I didn't advise a client of something, or I didn't do my back end research with the lender or the product. So that's kind of where the process is developed. So I mean, for now, I mean, when I have a client contact me, it's the same conversation every time I send them the same documentation, we have documentation templates that that I send them all the time, that says, you know, the home buying process, what to expect from start to finish, like you pick up the phone, you call me all the way to the keys are in your hand, what do you expect step by step? Mm -hmm. You know, what documents am I going to need all those kind of things. So that way, uh, and because it's so ingrained in me now, I mean, I used to have I built a checklist, but now it's just kind of automatic. Mm -hmm. But, um, you know, we talk about closing costs, things to expect that way. So just to make sure that throughout the entire process, the client isn't left asking what's going on. Mm -hmm. Or, oh, I didn't know that or something like that. So I have a very kind of structured process now so that it covers all those bases so that there's less chance of those miscommunications or errors coming up. I do have an assistant as well. So she makes sure that if I miss something, she's got it. Uh, but we have, we're getting, we've been working together over the past year and a half to get a process in place where I do a certain point, hand it off to her. And then, you know, so we work as a team. That's really good. And so how long did you have that assistant? Uh, she's coming up on two years now, actually. And so how much of a difference has that made in your business? Because you've been, obviously, you were kind of solo for a long time. Is, is it, what kind of, how's that look now? Oh, it's fabulous. Most of us mortgage brokers are definitely type A's. And so it took me a good year or so to start letting go of control. Mm -hmm. (laughs) 
we had to define our roles. We mm-hmm. had to define what my job was and what her job was, what, what conversations that, that she could have with the clients and stuff like that. So, you know, and I had had assistants before, but they were mortgage, budding mortgage brokers. So it more was, was a mentorship program. I knew they were going to be with me for a little while. I was going to teach them and then they were going to go on their way, which really, which was really, really good for me and for them. This assistant, actually, she's administrative. That's all she does. She's not a mortgage broker. She doesn't want to be a mortgage broker. So she's in it for the long haul. And that really works well for me because- There's Some stability for you. Some stability and very easy definition of roles. So- if there's a mortgage question that comes up, she does not answer it. She she doesn't even want to. She just sends it to me. So mm-hmm. she takes care of all that back-end administrative stuff. And if I'm on the road going seeing clients or I'm in meetings or something like that, I can just email her a text and say, do this for me, please. And it's done. Mm-hmm. And she's way more organized than I am. She just makes sure she keeps me on my toes because she knows that my my brain is going all 14 different directions. So she's like, Renee, don't forget to do this. Right. Yeah, it's amazing the difference it can make. Oh. Yeah, most time people that have gone a long time without one and when they get one, they're like, wow, I should have done that a long time ago. Yeah. So can you share an example of a marketing or a sales process that maybe wasn't working as well as you'd like and a change that you made to it? Oh, I have a whole bunch of those. Oh, awesome. Uh- <laughs> I love this stuff. So I'm going to probably geek out here depending on what you tell me. So, Well, you know, when I, when I first started out, I think over the years I've I've wasted a lot of money on marketing. You know, I did the postcard mail out, like Canada Post, you know, blanket the area doing that. Didn't get anything from that. There was TVs placed in malls in Edmonton. And they had a re- like a rolling ad going through of all different advertisers mm-hmm. going through there. And so my name and stuff like that would come up that way. I uh, spent a lot of money on that, did not get anything for it. I think what I've learned is depending on the marketing you do, you either have to go big or don't like like there's a couple brokers out there that do huge tv radio advertising and spend hundreds of thousands of dollars on it and of course that's generating the business because they're just like i mean they're everywhere right Right. Mm -hmm. so but i mean the smaller stuff especially when i was a new broker i didn't have the extra money to spend on on that marketing um and i personally think because people are buying me and they're buying my my brand going out and spending the money on meetings and lunches and coffees and being in their face and having that conversation. I personally think that's where the money should be spent unless you can hit hard and do huge amounts of advertising. But nowadays, the great thing is if you got places like Facebook and Twitter and all these things, and you can do a lot of stuff for free Mm -hmm. that you don't even have to spend a whole bunch of money. And I think that that's fabulous. I've gotten lots of referrals just from being on Facebook. So I think it's great for brokers nowadays because they could really save their money and just be more selective of how they build that brand for themselves. Mm-hmm. And so instead of investing it in like mail drops or an ad in a mall, you decided to, you just invested in your relationships and your database and your network. Yep. Because I think that that's in our brokerage. I mean, we do a lot of CRM management. And we send a lot of stuff out to our clients and I've gotten a ton of business from that. And the one thing is, is I did advertise and I still advertise in a movie theater in a small town that I do business in. And it's funny because my clients will call me and be like, Hey, we saw you on T on the movie screen. (laughs) That was actually money well spent. So it's nice because they'll be sitting in the movie theater like, Hey, that's our mortgage broker. And then the people behind them hear it and stuff like that. So uh, in the small town that actually worked really well. Mm-hmm. That, that's actually pretty funny. I see there's there's a company in our community that has advertised on those theaters for years and like literally 10 plus years and uh, same ad and everything. And yeah. 
It's like, clearly for them, they must be getting a return on it or else they wouldn't keep doing it. So, okay, what I want to ask you about now is just diversifying income. So there's kind of two camps when it comes to mortgage brokers. One that says you should do mortgages, but you should also try to get some other you know, types of business, insurance, whatever. Another camp that says, no, you should just do one thing. So where, which camp do you fall in? And if you are in the, the cross-selling camp, what are you focusing on? I actually do just focus on mortgages. You know, I kind of made that decision a long time ago that that is, I want to be the best I can be at that. And I, I've got, I work with a lot of really good referral partners when it comes to insurance and stuff like that. I mean, I don't actively sell MPP. I mean, I know we have it and we offer it, but I'm not, I don't push it. I, I think we're all professionals in our field. So I'm a professional mortgage broker and I'm going to do my darndest to be the best I can at that. I've got a lot of people that are professional life insurance brokers or financial planners, and they are the best they are at that. So I think that we can work as a team. And then that way I just get to focus on, I mean, being a mortgage broker and the policy changes and the lender changes and the rate changes, that's a full-time job. I really honestly don't want to have to have to learn something else. I mean, <laughs> no, yeah, it, there's definitely like, uh, I, I kind of, I do fall into the camp of stick to be good at one thing instead of sort of trying to learn two different disciplines. But yeah, I agree with you. I think it's a, uh, but there's people that are doing it successfully. So I, I always like to ask because just for my own learning, not because I'm necessarily going to adopt a different, you know, philosophy. Yeah, no, I agree. I, uh, I know enough about different things to be able to at least have the conversation with a client saying, you know, you, you life insurance is very important. Here's some scenarios of clients of mine that didn't have life insurance. They thought they didn't need it. And here's what's happened. So my recommendation is to make sure you get that in place, you know, and then I, I because I have a financial background in the banks, uh, we, I dealt with financial planners and I have my investment license and stuff like that. So I don't do that for a reason anymore because I don't like it, but I do understand it. So I have the ability to have a little bit of a conversation with them about, you know, how investing is important and how you should structure that. And then I refer them to a professional in that case as well. So and it develops referral back relationships. If I'm referring them to a financial planner, they're going to refer me clients. So it all works out in the end. Totally. It's a it's win win. So I want to move to the rapid fire questions. Now you can answer these with shorter answers if you like. So what's the number one thing holding back most mortgage brokers from being successful? Selves. Okay, what one thing or habit you think has made you successful? Repetition. And do you have an internet resource or software program you use to make your business more successful, like Dropbox or Evernote or something? Paperport. And what is that? It's a document managed software. It's basically paper on a computer. So you can stack your files and organize them and package them and you can type in them so you can edit them and, and send them to a client for signatures and stuff like that. So. Hmm. And is it on a Mac or PC? I think it's on both. Okay. It's fabulous. I've never heard of that program. Like I've asked, I've done 120 of these and no one's ever said paperport. So yeah, Nuance Paperport is what it's called. Yeah, you can do anything on that. I can type in documents. So we email uh, completed files to uh, clients and we just highlight in yellow where they need to sign. It's fabulous. I have to look into that. So if you could mm -hmm. recommend one book for our listeners, what would it be? The Alchemist. Oh, I've heard of that. I haven't read it though. It's good? It's good. It's short. So it's a nice quick read. Uh, and it's basically, you know what, if you have passion and desire for something in life, the universe will conspire to help that happen for you. But sometimes the universe has different plans. So what you think you want might not necessarily be what it ends up to be. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Where do you think our industry is headed? Where's the opportunity? Professionalism and knowledge. I think resourcefulness. I think that, that uh, brokers need to know what they're doing. And if they don't, they need to know how to find the answers. Mm -hmm. Because that, the nuances because we're in the rate buy down insanity right now. And there's so much focus on rate, people are forgetting that this is a long term 
big, huge, expensive investment. So they need to know the back end stuff, the fine print, stuff like that. And there's a lot of brokers that don't understand that. And I think that that's very, very important to know so that you can advise your clients accordingly. Mm -hmm. I've I've heard once in the absence of value, everything goes to price, basically. Uh, So if there's no, if you can't show any other value, then it has to be priced. So if there's not you know, there's nothing else to compare, but mortgages are a technical sales. So like it's a, it's a complicated product and you can definitely make mistakes and, and they can, they're 10, you know, five, $10,000 can get wiped out quick. Totally. Well, I'm, but I'm speaking to the choir, so it's not like we're, but okay. So <laughs> last question, here's one of my favorites. Remember the movie back to the future? Yep. So, uh, there's a car, the DeLorean, if I could put you in the DeLorean, whip you back 13 years to when you were starting out and you could give yourself three pieces of advice to have a bigger, better business today. What would you tell yourself? Trust your gut and set a boundary between your personal and professional life. And be careful of how much money you spend and on what. Don't waste your money. Right. That's good advice all the time. Well, yeah. Where, where can people find you online, Renee? It's www.yourmortgageneeds.ca. So just as it said. Awesome. Well, hey, I really appreciate you taking the time today. Anybody listening can get links, show notes, everything we talked about at ilovemortgagebrokering.com. And Renee, I hope you continue to crush your mortgage business. Thank you so much, Scott. Thanks for listening. If you like the show, please head on over to iTunes and leave us a review. If you do, you'll get three deals in the next week. Okay, that's not entirely true, but we'd really appreciate it. Also, you can check out everything at ilovemortgagebrokering.com. See you next week.